I just need a time of confession here. How many of you from the moment you got on our campus have spent any time at all playing Pokemon? (laughs) Just see your hands real quick. I'm serious. I just want to see. I caught five Pokemon this morning here (laughs) at the church and excited when I found out we were a Pokestop. (laughs) Figured some of you might be more excited than ever to come to church. Is everybody familiar with what this game is craze? It's nuts. You know, you know when you play the game, if you've done it, how many of you have not played the game? Let me just see your hands. Okay, so here's one of the few in the world. So, so you, on your phone, you're told where to go to find Pokemon. Pokemons are these little creatures that you're trying to help capture to make the world a better place, apparently. And so your phone tells you where to go. When you get there and you're in proximity to a Pokemon, your phone will change from the game screen to your camera screen. And then you'll see the actual world through your camera. And so that if I were looking through my phone right now and the camera was on, there would be a Pokemon on the front pew. And then I could, with my finger, flip up on the screen a Pokeball towards the Pokemon on my screen. And if the ball hit the Pokemon, I would capture the Pokemon and he would go into my Poke Index or Pokedex. (laughs) So that I could compare the Pokemons that I've caught to the Pokemons you guys have caught. The first Pokemon I caught was Squirtle. Is that cool? (laughs) I don't even know. I don't even know what I did when I caught him. I just caught him, and he's in my Pokedex. And so that's what the game is. I mean, that's, that's, I, mean I hear there's more features coming. We can trade Pokemons and stuff like that, but that's pretty much it. So whatever the reason is people are playing it, they love it. And one of the things that's going to happen when you play it is you are going to follow the instructions. Like when you look at it and say, you can go here to get Pokemons at this Pokestop, that's where you're going to go and expect to find Pokemons. And guess what? You're going to find them there. You're going to capture them. And you're going to be having a lot of fun doing it, I guess. And so that's what's going on. What you're not going to do is say, well, I don't want to go where the game tells me I'll find Pokemon. I want to find Pokemon over here. And so you're not going to go over there where there are no Pokemons and no Pokestop and find Pokemon because the game doesn't work like that. The, the creator, the designer of the game designed it so that it will show you where to find Pokemon and you go there because you know that's where you'll find them. And then you actually do find them because the creator designed for you to find them that way. So that's what you do. That's how you play. To play another way is absolutely silly. It's not the only thing silly about it, but to play any other way is absolutely silly. So I've been thinking about this game all week long and and watching people play it and hearing of wrecks, of people playing it while they drive. We won't ask you if you've done that. That would be totally humiliating. But it got me thinking, people are playing the game like it's supposed to be played. But how are they approaching life? 
I love this story in Judges 17 and 18 because it's a story about how to approach life. And I want to tell it to you this morning. We're going to read a few verses in chapter 17 and 18, but I want to tell you the story because it's a story about how you approach life. Now, before we begin the story, I just need to make sure you know what a Levite is. A Levite is a person in the Old Testament who is a part of the tribe or the family of Levi within the nation of Israel. So the nation of Israel has 12 tribes. One of the tribes in the nation of Israel is the tribe of Levi. Now, Levi is an interesting tribe. They're not like any other tribe in the nation of Israel. They were the tribe that were designated by God to be priests, to have the exclusive role and duty of leading people to seek after and find God. Now, the Levites originated with Moses and Aaron. So all of their descendants were the Levites, and they were commissioned to lead the people of God to find God. Now, our story in Judges begins with this character named Micah. And Micah has a little issue. He stole some silver from his mom, 1,100 pieces of silver he stole from his mom. His mom realizes the silver has been stolen, and she utters a curse on the thief. Not knowing that she was uttering a curse on her son. The son hears about the curse and decides, maybe it'd be better if I give the silver back. So he says to his mom, I'm the one that stole the silver. And she responds to that confession by uttering a blessing towards her son to counteract the previous curse. (laughs) I mean, think about that. She actually believes that's the way things work. Like she could utter a curse, and because she said that, that her son would be cursed with a thief. But then when she found it as her son, she could then utter a blessing, and it would reverse the curse. She believed that's the way things worked. Well, after that happens, she says, I want to dedicate the money, the silver, to the Lord. I mean, this this sounds like it's going the right direction at one level because she says, I want to dedicate the silver to the Lord. But then you know what she does? She takes the silver, only a portion of it. She doesn't even dedicate all of it the way she's going to do it, but she takes a portion of it, gives it to a silversmith, and has the silversmith make an idol from the silver coins. And then she gives that idol, a false god, to her son. And Micah takes the idol, builds a shrine in his house takes one of his sons and consecrates his son as a priest over his house this is the opposite of what god has told his people to do this is not even close to what he's told his people to do and the passage actually gives us indication of just how far they are from doing what god intends in verse 6 Chapter 17, verse 6, says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did what was right in his own eyes. They are not doing what God intended them to do. The story shifts to another young man, a, a Levite, 
from Bethlehem. He leaves Bethlehem. He wants to go and find something different, something better. So he goes on a little journey. And this young man, a Levite, ends up at Micah's house. And in conversation, Micah discovers this young man is a Levite. And Micah's like, this is great news because now I can have a priest who is actually a Levite. And so he moves his son out from being priest and moves this young man, a Levite, into being priest and hires him and pays him and makes him the priest, the father over his household. I want you to listen to what Micah believes this means for he and his family. Verse 13, he says, Now I know that the Lord will prosper me, seeing I have a Levite as a priest. Micah believes that because of what he's done, setting up a shrine in his home made from the silver that he stole and gave back that was dedicated to the Lord, supposedly, into an idol where he now is worshiping the idol and now has a Levite that is a priest that now he's going to experience the prosperity that comes from God. Micah wanted to prosper as only God could make his people prosper. And Micah believed that he would now prosper because he had a Levite as a priest. This is seriously messed up. Look at at chapter 18, verse 1. The first phrase there gives you a clue just how seriously messed up we are are supposed to understand this story to be. In those days, there was no king of Israel. It's a free-for-all. Nobody's doing what God wants. Everybody's doing whatever is right in their own eyes. Micah believes he will prosper. We are clued in to the fact that it's not going to go well for Micah. The story then shifts again away from a single family in Israel to a tribe of Israel, a whole family group, the tribe of Dan, the Danites. The Danites don't like where they're at in in the land they've been given. You see, when the nation of Israel came into the promised land, the tribes were given an, an inheritance of land. Each of them were allotted a certain section of land as their inheritance. They were to go in, and God was going to grant them that land. So the Danites go in and they get their land, but they are not able to conquer the people who live in the land. So they decide they don't like that land. Judges chapter 1 tells us how they are not able to to get the land like they want it to be. And so they decide we're going to go find new land. We don't like the land God gave us. We want something better. And so they send out five spies to go search out the land and find something better. The five spies make their way to none other than Micah's house. And at Micah's house, they meet the young Levite priest. And they say to the priest, we want you to inquire of the Lord whether or not our journey will be prosperous. See, they want prosperity too. Just like Micah, just like the Levite priest. They want something better. Well, this Levite priest responds by saying, the Lord's going to take care of you guys. Gives them a response that they believe is very positive. They get excited about that. They go out looking for the land. They find a place called Laish. It's a perfect location. They love everything about it. It is ideal. It's exactly the land they're supposed to have. It's what they want. 
So they head back home and they tell everybody home about this new land and 600 people volunteer to go and fight and take that land. So they get all geared up for war and they head off and on their way, they're making their way to Laish and they come by Micah's house. The five spies tell the 600 guys geared up for war about the idol and the priest at Micah's house. Well, they want to make a stop over there. They make a stop over there. The five spies go in and they take the idol and The priest is like, hey, what's going on here? And they said, we're taking the idol and we're taking you. The priest said, hey, wait a minute. You can't do this. And they said to him, would you rather be a priest over this one family or would you rather be a priest over the entire tribe of Dan? Do you want to be more prosperous? The young Levitical priest is like, I'm going with you guys. He packs up the idol, gets all his stuff, and they take off. Micah finds out about it. Micah comes after him because he is ticked off that they took his stuff. And they took his priest. He stops the Danites, and they say, what are you coming to here for? We're doing what we want to do. We're going where we want to go. You can't stop us. He says, I want that back. That belongs to me. And they said, look, here's the deal. You either turn around and go back home, or we're going to kill you. Micah turns around and goes home. No idol, no priest, nothing. Didn't work out so good. The Danites, they go on to Laish. They wipe that place out. They go back to their hometown, the allotted land. They bring everybody back to this city that they defeated, that they named Dan. And they set up their lives there. And listen to the last two verses in chapter 18. Verse 30 and 31. The sons of Dan set up for themselves the graven image. And Jonathan, the son of Gershom, the son of Manasseh, he and his sons were priests to the tribe of the Danites until the day of the captivity of the land. So they set up for themselves Micah's graven image, which he had made all the time that the house of God was at Shiloh. This story, each character in this story, Micah, Jonathan the priest, and the Danites were all looking for something better. The problem was they were looking for something better that only God can provide in all the places where God could not be found. The whole time they were doing all that they were doing, God's house was in Shiloh, and they never once went there. God had defined for them where he could be found and how he could be found, but what they did is define for themselves who God was, how to find him, and how to get their own prosperity. And they believed that what they defined really would result in their prosperity, but what they didn't recognize is that it doesn't work that way. You cannot do whatever is right in your own eyes and find whatever you think you will find because God, the creator, has determined how to find something better. And there's only one way to find something better. And it's not doing what is right in your own eyes. Micah thought he could find something better by setting up this shrine in his home and having a priest from the tribe of Levi. But what he discovered is that he was left with nothing. It robbed him and left him empty. 
The Danites believed that they could go after a land and have a better place, a better allotment than the Lord wanted them to have. They wanted to find what would be better for themselves. And they got it and they wiped out that place. But you know what that place became? It became the hub of idolatry for the nation of Israel and an indictment for God's just judgment on his people. They did not get what they wanted. Because you cannot get something better by doing whatever's right in your own eyes. It doesn't work that way. This young Levitical priest, you notice how the story refrains from telling us his name? It's this setup to create drama. So through the story, we're told this young Levitical priest, this young Levitical priest, and in the last two verses of the story, it says, Jonathan, son of Gershom. Son of Manasseh. Do you know what that word is telling us? Those names are telling us? It's telling us Jonathan was related to Moses. The man who led God's people out of Egypt into the promised land. Who spoke to God face to face. Who knew how to lead the people of God to find God. Jonathan, a descendant of Moses, should have known better. And yet Jonathan, because he wanted something better, was willing to take a bargain. To become a Levitical priest like God did not prescribe. He was willing to take a bigger bargain to lead the people into complete idolatry. And he did not find something better. He was guilty leading the people in idolatry that brought the judgment of God. They all got bankrupt because they actually believed they could find something better by doing whatever was right in their own eyes. And it simply does not work like that. I really can relate to the characters in this story because I long for something better. I want something more. I want something better for my life. I want something better for my family and for my kids. Don't you? I mean, don't you want something better? How many news reports do we have to hear about tragedies that happen in our world where we are not crying out for something better? Don't we all want something better? I want to I encourage you to, to realize that that desire for something more, something better was planted in you by God himself. He wants you to long for something more and something better. And ever since the moment of the fall in the Garden of Eden, Eden, we have been longing to get back to the something better that Adam and Eve had pre-fall when everything was right and everything was perfect and there was no death and there was no sorrow and there was no pain and there was no violence. We are longing to get back to the prosperity of the garden. But the tragedy is there is no way back. God blocked the way back to the garden. There is no way back to the prosperity of pre-fall experience with God. There's no way back. But I've got good news this morning. There is a way forward to something better. Do you know that Judges chapter 17 and 18 is in perfect contrast to Hebrews chapter 11? Hebrews chapter 11 is a story of individuals in the Old Testament who believed that they were living in a land on this earth that God had given them, but that land was not the land of real 
promise. It was just a down payment, just a taste of what was coming. And they were longing for a better country. They wanted a better city. Not a city that could be had on this earth. They wanted a heavenly city. They knew that the land in which they lived could not give them the something better their hearts longed for. They knew that the city in which they lived was only intended to point them to a heavenly city where they could find something better forever. And they held on to that. And for that reason, they clung to what God said by faith in hopes of a heavenly city. And that's why God says, I'm not ashamed to be called your God because you're hanging on for something better by trusting me that it's not yet in your hands, but I will deliver it. The Danites were looking for a better city. They didn't care what God had given them. They wanted to define for themselves what better was and they went after everything they were and they ended up with absolutely nothing. They were not willing to be right in God's eyes because they actually believed that something better could be had by doing whatever was right in their own eyes. And that does not work. And we have the same tendency to think that we can do whatever we want Whatever's right in our own eyes and get whatever we really want to get. And that's not the way to something better. That city that God has prepared for those who trust Him. In Revelation chapter 21, we read about that city. The city of Jerusalem. The new Jerusalem will come down on the earth. And in that city, there will be no more pain. There will be no more sorrow. There will be no more death. There will be no more crying. Everything will be perfect unlike it's ever been in all of history. The heavenly city, there is a way forward to something better. I want to tell you, when you're sitting in your office or your, your bedroom, and you're all by yourself in the secrecy of that moment, and you believe that by clicking on that internet site, you can find something better, it won't work. The momentary pleasure that you might find on an internet site in what you believe is a moment of secrecy will not deliver you something better. If you've been considering sending a text message to that person that you got reacquainted with or maybe that you met at work that you think would be interesting to get to know more because things just aren't like you always dreamed they would be in your own marriage. And you actually believe that that is a way to something better. It won't work. That's not the way. Students, if you're invited to a party over this next school year, and at that party they've got alcohol being served, and you've got to make a decision whether or not you're going to drink alcohol. And you take that first drink because you think that's a way to something better. I just want to tell you that doesn't work. It's not a way to something better. If you, if you students or any of the single people in this room are involved in a relationship and you actually believe that because you love each other that having sex before marriage is a way to something better, I'm just telling you, it doesn't work. That's not the way to something better. If we spend our lives, who we are and what we have, without considering who God is, we do whatever is right in our own eyes, we will not find something better. We will end up bankrupt because that's not the way things work. We cannot define who God is. We cannot determine 
how to get something better. No matter what we believe, no matter what we convince ourselves about, no matter what we may experience temporarily, the world works the way the Creator designed it to work. And the only way to get to something better for which our hearts and soul long is through trusting in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There is no other way. There is no other avenue to something better than through faith in Jesus Christ. God sent His Son who did what was right in the Father's eyes to give His life for those who do what is right in their own eyes so that our sins might be forgiven and we might be invited into relationship with the Most High King of Kings who will reign over our lives in His goodness and grace leading us out of the deception of doing what's right in our own eyes into the life of doing what's right in His eyes. There's one way to something better. Have you ever been in a a shopping department, mall, Dillard's, whatever, with your kids or your grandkids, and you have more than one of them, like two or three of them, they're little? You don't do it very often, right? (laughs) Because it's crazy. If you've ever been in that situation and you've had one of the three slip away and get away from you, you don't know where they are, that is terrifying. Terrifying for mom or dad, terrifying for the kid. When a kid is lost in that kind of environment, they don't have their parents, they, they realize they're lost, they're freaking out. It doesn't matter how many times that the employee of the store says, my name is Kevin, it's going to be okay, you're not lost anymore, I've found you, we're going to find your parents, you're in this store, you're in a safe place, it doesn't matter how many times you, you communicate to that little kid that it's okay. That little kid is as lost as ever in their own hearts and minds until their mom or dad walks up and hugs them. They will not be found until they're united with mom or dad. Do you realize that you will not be found until you find Jesus? You can determine in your own mind that you're found enough. You can make up stuff in your own heart that says it's good enough, but I'm just telling you that's not the way things work. God has designed things to work in a way so that you won't be found until you're united with Jesus. He's the only way. In May, a man named Armando Valladares, he's a Cuban, was awarded a medal for religious liberty. In his acceptance speech in May, this is what he said. He said, when I was 23 years old, I did a very small thing. I refused to say a few words. He refused to say, I'm with Fidel Castro. He's Cuban, living in Cuba refuses to give allegiance to Fidel Castro because he's a follower of Jesus Christ. He will not deny his Lord and Savior, and he will not put a sign on his desk or say the words, I'm with Fidel Castro. He was intent on doing what's right in God's eyes, no matter what. 22 years they kept him in prison, and they tortured him, and they beat him, and they starved him. Because he would not say, I'm with Fidel. This is what he said. For me to say those words would have been spiritual suicide. And though my body was imprisoned and abused, my soul was free and flourished. 
My jailers took everything from me, but they could not hijack my conscience. I got to believe that Armando wanted something better. He said in another publication, he said, for me it meant 8,000 days of hunger, of systematic beatings, of hard labor, of solitary confinement and solitude. 8,000 days of struggling to prove that I was actually a human being. 8,000 days of proving that my spirit could triumph over exhaustion and pain. 8,000 days of testing my religious convictions and my faith. Of fighting the hate my atheist jailers were trying to instill in me with each bayonet thrust. Fighting so that hate would not flourish in my heart. 8,000 days of struggling so that I would not become like them. How many times did Armando ask God for something better only to experience more torture? How many times did he cry out for something better? But what Armando would tell us, what he would encourage us to believe in this moment, is that he actually had something better through his faith in Jesus Christ, so much so that every bit of torture could not cause him to let go of Christ. He found out and he believed what every one of us needs to cling to in this place this morning. God defines what is true. He determines the way to something better. And that way is through faith in Jesus Christ. And nothing, not even torture, or all those who would do whatever's right in their own eyes can rob us of the something better that is exclusively found through faith in Jesus Christ. The question is, we've got to decide whether or not we believe that God actually defines the way things are. Whether or not what He says is really the way to something better. I'll never forget when I first got glasses. Anybody else have this experience? I first got glasses and I put them on. I was like, whoa, trees have leaves. I thought it was just a green blob. That is incredible, amazing. I was just in awe of the world and what I saw. You know the funny thing about that is? The world didn't change. The world was the way the world was all along. I just couldn't see it. And I didn't know any better. If you do your life by living whatever way you want to live with no regard for what God says, it's like walking around Seeing the world through blurry vision, all the while thinking you see it how it really is. It doesn't work like that. But if you will trust in Jesus Christ, you will see the world as it is. That in every single moment, every single circumstance, Jesus has made a way to something better, no matter what you face. Please, 
spend time getting to know Jesus Christ. If you've not picked up your Bible in the recent months, this is where God is revealing himself to you so that you can know who he is. He's placed his spirit in you so that you might have his presence with you and might have his illuminating guidance and understanding who he is and what he says so that you might avoid the deception of doing whatever is right in your own eyes and miss the life that's been found in Christ through doing what is right in God's eyes. Pick up your Bible. Start reading it. Start investing in it. This is the place where you will find life. Jesus said, if you believe in what my words are and you trust in me, you will have life. You will pass from death to life. If you will abide by these words, you will find that you have life. These words are life and spirit. The flesh profits nothing. If you want what really will change your life, invest your life in the word of God, knowing and following Jesus Christ. You will not be disappointed. This is how it works because God, the creator, designed life like this. You're sitting here this morning, you're thinking, man, I don't know the first thing about God's word and I don't even know if what I'm doing in my life is right in my own eyes or right in God's eyes. I don't have the slightest clue what's going on. Listen, I want to tell you this morning, please don't stay in that place. Do you know that the church is a gift to you so that you might understand who God is and what God says? There are people in this place who know the Bible better than you. You get in a small group of people, you get to talk about the Bible, get encouraged to read the Bible, you get in a life group or a small group. You find out about Christ, you get encouraged to read and study scripture. Then you're in this place of community where you're getting to know people who want to know God and you have shepherds over you who are giving their lives to the study of scripture and to the prayers for you so that you might walk with Christ. Do you realize, please don't ever forget this, you spend time every week working in your jobs outside the church and then you give to the Lord in this place so people like me, pastors, can give our lives to the study of Scripture and prayers for you so that we're in a position to help you follow Christ. I spend hours and hours every week laboring in the Scripture for you, praying for you because your pastors want you to walk with Christ. Please don't miss out on the blessing you have in us, but don't miss out on the joy of pursuing Christ yourself. And please don't miss that everything we're about here is so encouraging for you to stay in Christ. If you will love God, love people, and help others do the same, you will find unimaginable encouragement to cling to Jesus Christ. Year after year after year of my life, I am inspired to cling to Christ and to love Him and to follow Him and to orient my life to Him because I am investing intentionally in other people individually, helping them to follow Christ. Every time I share my faith with somebody who does not know Christ, I walk away loving Christ more, more excited about who he's called me to be and the places he's called me to live. Every time I pour my life into someone else so that they walk with Jesus Christ, so that they can help somebody else walk with Christ, I want to walk with Christ more. It is so helpful to give your life away to others so that they might follow Christ. You've got to decide how you want to live. There's only one way that really works if you want something better, and we all do. The temptation to do things that are right in your own eyes, 
is around every corner. You don't get that job promotion that you think you deserve. You'll be tempted to make up something in your own eyes instead of trusting God. Your marriage is not going good right now. You're going to be tempted to do what's right in your own eyes instead of trusting the Lord. Your kids are not honoring you or the Lord. You're going to be tempted to do what's right in your own eyes. You have a spouse and a child that are killed in a terrorist attack, just like the family in Austin. This last week, you're going to be tempted to think things like this. I've been trying to follow Christ, and it's not working out. I'm not getting something better by following Jesus Christ. Look at what's going on in my life. Look, Jesus warned us that the road will be difficult of following him because the world is opposed to him. But that does not mean that what we can see is everything that can be seen. We should not for one second buy into a short-sighted view of life so that we miss seeing what only God can see because someday he's going to bring us into that city and we will see what he sees and we will be glad for every moment we hung in there. It is worth it. Follow Christ. If you play in the Pokemon game, So don't drive and play the game. Be safe. Have fun. But you know what? There's going to come a day, probably in about three weeks, when it's old news. And when it's lost, it's a lure. And it's something we talked about. Can you believe that was so crazy? I hope we don't forget this one simple truth. Pokemon can only be found where Pokemon are. God can only be found where God says he can be found. And you don't need to look any further than Jesus Christ. So follow him.